no holds barred, no holds barred, are we? <laughs> oh yeah, that's it. It's the No Holds Barred Witchcraft Podcast, this week powered by intention. <laughs> that's not the name of the episode, but the episode name was requested by one of our patrons, and it is with the best of intentions. So Chris, does intention power your spells? <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the aspects of it, yes, but not the. Is it all about the? Not intention? the power. Why have you gone straight to there? You just like to set me up. That's not what we agreed. Well, okay, we'll so... we'll start it. We'll start back. Intention, intention. If I intend to do something, for example, I intend to pick up this here pen from my table. I've actually got to do something. I've got to actually get off my ass, walk over to the table, and physically pick it up. You see, I'm picking it up now. Yeah, you've got one as well. There we go. <laughs> there's there's some actual, um, what would you say, oomph. There's some, some actual work effort. and effort put behind that, isn't there? There is. There is. Now, intention. If intention was everything, yeah. There'd be an awful lot of people accidentally getting cursed and stuff. For example, every single time someone cuts me up around that bloody magic roundabout in Thwindon. They just explode. Guys, if you don't know what a magic roundabout in Swindon is, then you need to get yourself on the No Holds Barred Witchcraft Facebook group and you need to look at the little graphic we've made for this week's episode. The magic roundabout in Thwindon is some next level Wiccan I tell you, right? <laughs> it, can, it can only have come out of the mind of a Wiccan, because you know what, they're obsessed with their circles. Is literally, I'll count them, one, two, three, four, five mini roundabouts that are around the outside of the big <laughs> So it's not literally, it's a pentagram. <laughs> Made up of roundabouts. Yeah, that sounds some like ne- that is definitely some next I level mean, Wiccan. Sh- if if that is not if that is not le- next level Wiccan, sh- I don't know what is. Anyway, for some reason we're talking about intention. That's it. It's because all of the Wiccans go on about it's all powered by intention, right? So if I'm going round that crazy ass roundabout that no one knows how to drive round, by the way, <laughs> um, and I accidentally go, oh insert nasty word here, get out of my insert nasty word here way. And I put a little bit of, you know, the intention is that I want them to get out of my way. Will will that car suddenly like levitate and move out of the way? Will the person become cursed or anything like that? Is because the intention, surely intention's everything, isn't it? If it? If it was, then yes, there would be a lot more dead people in the world because my intention definitely there is die. Um, and that's that does not even necessarily just the person in the car ahead. It can just be, you know, half the patients at our practice most days um, because they're speaking to me like crap. Like, you know, so if it was simply intention, I've got some pretty strong intentions towards certain, <laughs> certain members of the public. We, we can agree. We can agree. Spellcasting isn't all about the intention. No. How much does intention factor into spellcasting? 
because this is the one thing, this is the thing I don't understand. They all go on about, it's all about the intention, but at the same time, you've got them also going on about, oh, you shouldn't read these words out loud because they're magic words. I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> it's either about the intention and that's how it makes it work, or don't read from the book. I don't get how you can have both. Because this is the magical land of the W's, isn't it? So they they have topsy-turvy land. But anyway, this wasn't supposed to be one of these episodes. How have you done this? This was supposed to be a serious conversation about the importance of intention. Okay, you tell us all about that then. You take over. <laughs> so I think there are a couple of ways that we... Because uh, Dina just said the title didn't she so she didn't say what she wanted it to necessarily be about um but there were a couple of ways like she knew what it was <laughs> she, knows... <laughs> she knows there's a couple of ways that we could have probably gone with this i suppose another way would be to talk about you know the intention when doing work and when spells go awry so when someone you know wants to do a little love spell and then ends up with this you know psychopathic obsessed person that wants to be around them constantly and it turns toxic so you can't do that with just a bit of intention can you oh so you're talking about i intend for my spells to work i'm not so sure that that's really i mean how many social media insta witches and that intend for their spells to work i mean it, surely the only thing that matters is that they look pretty now. <laughs> no, yeah, that their spells look pretty. So they've got lots. They've got pretty altars with, with their all these cool looking things from Nemesis now. Yeah. Yeah, and shiny crystals. shiny crystals. Yeah, the, the shiny, shiny crystals, crystals are mega important. There's got to be some magic, though. I mean, when you think about the amount of people that have died to get those out of the earth, exactly. surely there's some magic in that. Yeah, some traps could soul of some small, uh, some small Mexican person trying to get hold of, trying to get hold of jade, in in the bottom of some yeah. No, poor. Why thing. did the mine collapse on Jade's head? On oh, Jade's head, Jade's, Jade's gone. <laughs> Jade will never be with us again. Poor Jade. Poor Jade. Rest, rest in peace, rest in Jade. peace, Jade. Rest in peace. Right. So you're going <laughs> to tell us about a botched love spell that you know people have cast, or so yeah, what, what, where we can. I, well, I'm I'm thinking, uh, how bad's this? I'm thinking of that episode, if you remember it from Charmed, where she reads that Tatiana book. Do you remember? And so the they're in. Phoebe's in like some kind of class I think it's one of her psychology classes and there's these three girls in the row behind reading a book by Tatiana you know those soft red velvet coated ones it's not this one is it yes that one how have you no you haven't got that <laughs> I've conjured it up look it's even got the velvet exactly on. so look they're reading that. that exact book that exact book right what, what I don't. Spell are they I don't know. There was some. Is it? There was some kind of make. It was a make me a man episode. So they 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 conjured themselves the perfect man. So obviously there were three of them, and they all did it. And um, obviously the botched part of it was the fact that obviously they had recorded Phoebe saying because she basically looked at the book and go, oh, those verses are all in the wrong words, uh, the wrong way around. So I was just. Going back to your point about 
the impact. It's either about the words or it's the intention. Pick one. Um, but there's that kind of moment. So she rearranges it and then they record the class, as lots of these students do. So she then plays Phoebe back because the spell doesn't work in the order that it says in the book. Whether or not this spell is actually in the book, I don't know. I just remember how shit the book was and I couldn't buy it. I didn't want to buy it. It was it upset me too much. Well, I'm looking through the book in the moment, so what I'll tell you if I manage to find one that's similar to that. It was okay? turning it what they did in the episode was turning men into dates for a night out. And I think one of them was like a bunny rabbit, one of them was like a, a snake. And then obviously, yeah, obviously they all turn into psychopaths. Because of course they do. Um but it was that kind of, it was that kind of, um, you know, the importance of the spells being the right way round, the wording being the right way. And then obviously what they thought they were getting was perfect dates for the evening. And just by choosing the right animal to make their date out of it, they thought they knew what they were getting. So, yes, they were thinking, oh, intelligent snake, when actually the snake is you know turns into this predator kind of one that um you know pretty much wants to eat her and kill her um because she'd i've been referred to as a snake a cold-hearted snake oh were they a fan of marina and the diamonds or something possibly so i found i i think i i think actually i've inadvertently stumbled upon an answer to a question we've had before. okay go on can you see what that says? Frozen honey. Yeah. <laughs> Freezing spell. Yeah. They seem to be quite heavy in this book. And as you know, we do have a lot of problems with people. And I'm wondering if it actually tells you. How to do the kind of freezing spells we're always having to fix. Because they never tell you how to get rid of them. This, I don't see how that has anything to do with intention. No, but you've got me flipping through this book now. Oh. I'll take a picture of it and I'll put it in the group, okay? Obviously, it's my but fault, yeah. everybody, because I'm going clearly the back one. To, going back to the freezing spells that you've talked about, at no point does it ever tell you to take it out of the freezer, <laughs> no. so I think that, that clears up a lot. No. But yeah, so we're talking about intention. Yes. We're not. Go we're on. not. <laughs> we're not talking about Tatiana, but yeah, um, I can't even think what I was talking about now. You were explaining how much intention really matters. Yeah. So for me, I suppose it's probably the smallest part for me. I think what tends to be my priority when designing spells for people is as long as they have those three ingredients, I'm I'm happy. And those three ingredients is obviously a power source to power the spell, um, a focus point, so where the goal is, um, and then obviously how they want that to play out. So the, you know, the intended method is kind of those three things kind of produce that perfect kind of footprint for a, a blueprint for a spell. So for me, obviously, the power source is normally the most important one. Is there going to be enough power to make whatever you intend to happen? Um, 
if we're defining what the intention is, the intent the intention is essentially what you want to happen, what you want to manifest. Yeah. Right. So the intention alone, me wanting that pen, isn't necessarily gonna make that manifest in my hand. No. So it needs a power source. Yeah. So when with all of the best of intentions are you talking about the intention not really being thought out or are you talking about the execution of getting that thing not working out because why do these spells go wrong is it because they haven't thought of the outcome enough like they old-fashioned well i wanted some money and now i'm paralyzed from the neck down because i was involved in a car accident yeah, yeah i got a big insurance payout you know but I That's now can't. But worked. I now can't hug my grandson. Yeah. Yeah. I. Th well, you could consider that a bonus. <laughs> but to be fair, it is a negative also because you can't stop it from hugging you. Yes. Imagine that. Exactly. Oh. But yeah, I think I think a large part of it is that is that people don't think about those spells. So I always make a point of explaining to newbies, normally mundanes, when we have these kind of um, charm bag kind of spell sessions. Um, so they're often if, uh, that's their first experience of magic and I will always explain that obviously um, I will always put that magic will take its easiest route so it will take you know it will take the path of least resistance in order to make happen which means if the quickest way to get you that money is that as you walk out of here you're going to be hit by a car um, then you know it's potentially going to happen that way if you've not planned um, or thought about the consequences of what you want to happen and how you want it to happen. Because if you're if it's pure intention of I just want money, give me money, that's just going to happen in the easiest way possible. If you're not conscious of the fact that actually, well, I'd like to have that money without <laughs> without an accident, accident or any kind of grievous bodily harm. Uh, is is a change to that it's a thought out process you know i don't necessarily want to lose grandma you know so like it's if you've all you've gone is i want money and i want money now yes you can have the strongest enough attention about it you'll probably get a result but will the result be what you intended it's is the intention there for it to happen that way well I mean, I intended to send Christmas cards out last year. <laughs> I didn't actually do it. Intention surely kind of like the plan. And yeah. generally, when I think of intention, I think of that. I think of the person that says, well, I was going to do it, but I didn't. When I talk, when I think about the word desire, I think of, well, I really want Yeah. That. And, you know, what would be the best word to describe that aspect of the spell? Because I think of it more as the plan or outcome. And yeah. I wonder whether just replace intention. I would normally say it's the goal. Word with outcome. It's yeah, the goal, goal aim, it's outcome. the aim, the outcome, yeah. as opposed to the intention. I guess I, I've always used the word intention bef before I realised quite how coloured that word is. But I've always used intention on the basis of a... I see a route. So for yeah. me, it's a, what way do you want this magic to actually work? That's why I consider the the, um, the intention, the pathway, and the focus point, two different things. 
So the, the focal point is obviously where you want that energy to go to end up, whereas actually the intention is how is this going to play out? So you can take the elevator or lift yeah. or the escalator or the stairs. Or you can just walk straight out of the window and fall. Like, you know... I intend to take the escalator. Yeah. I intend to take the escalator. It's because I haven't taken it yet, but that's the route I'm going yeah. down. Is that what you're That's what I'm to saying. Okay. Whereas most people would just go, if if it if their intention was everything, and it was like, I just want this, my desire will occur. Because that's what they're often talking about, is setting the intentions. What do I want? So... Well, they say what the am I going to, to hell ask is paved for? with good intentions. <laughs> they certainly do. Don't they? The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Why is that? That's because some people often do more harm than good when they're trying to, because they don't look at the bigger picture. I, 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 I think that a really good example for that, given that we're talking about hell, is let's talk about the church, right? Okay. So the church want to save people, yeah? But they're willing to kill anyone that gets in their way <laughs> in order to save people, right? <laughs> so they'll be like, well, if Galileo, if everyone starts believing Galileo and that we're, this isn't the centre of the, the universe and such, then people might, people not might, their faith might be shaken. So we better kill him. And the intention's good, because they're ultimately wanting people to be saved, but ultimately, <laughs> you know, they're doing a bad thing to get there. Do you think that's not what it means? It means that actually, if you're making decisions for other people and you're doing a bad thing, and thinking that you're doing a bad thing, uh, sorry, thinking you're doing a good thing, or getting a good outcome by doing a bad thing, actually you're just doing really bad stuff. And they won't work out in the end. Yeah. I mean, it didn't work out for the church to this time. Yeah, or another example would <laughs> another example would be vegans. Oh, well, you had to go there, didn't so, you? So, you know, it might be a fact that certain vegans, not all, I'm not attacking veganism as a whole. I'm just saying you've got people that will go, oh, well, this I'll go with this soy product because it's oh, better. soy candles. You know, because it's better for the environment. And you kind of go in. Which is not. It's not, because the way in which it's mass produced now means that it's no longer, you know, so it's kind of one of those. I, I get exactly what you mean. I know they don't people... have in, an in, in uh, uh, what's the word, a well-informed enough decision. What they go is, oh, well, it's not beeswax and beeswax is bad because it's bad for the bees. And then you're kind of like, OK, although it's not, it's not. But it's... If, if, if it's harvested properly, it's not. So they'll choose soy wax for their candles instead, and soy wax is really bad for the environment. <laughs> exactly. But you can't tell them that. So, but then it's got to be, but then equally, you've got this argument constantly that palm oil's bad, and then you're kind of like, well, if it's responsibly farmed, actually, palm oil is actually in some ways much better because it requires less fertiliser, it requires less damaging a, a part of an area. What the problem is, is what they cut down in order to grow palm is the problem, as opposed to growing palm. So you just kind of like, you know, it's one of those where I just, it's never as black and white, is it, as people think it is. 
and then they kind of go oh well I won't have that product because it's got part you know I've got it's got palm oil in or I won't have that nice local product that's made from byproducts of the honey process you <laughs> know um, but I'll go and buy this intensely farmed something from the other side of the world okay so if you're talking about intentionally trying to help other people or intentionally trying to make the right decisions people that say you shouldn't use this you shouldn't use that assuming that they are trying to help other people is that kind of like the blind leading the blind <laughs> so what, what about magical mentors oh. and all of these people that do the facebook in and have the intention of helping others. Assume that you have someone that set up a Facebook group, like say, Feisty Witches Facebook group, <laughs> that has the intention of helping other people on their magical journey, as opposed to making it an ego trip. Yeah. Because um, of course people wouldn't set up Facebook groups just to have their 60 or 70,000 people worship them would they that wouldn't be of, such a of course that not that, that's never gonna no, nobody would do that so no assuming that it is someone that tries to help other people and they have the best of intentions to do that but they fail miserably maybe you should talk about that <laughs> what you mean the million and one memes of misinformation that never quotes a source well, I mean, the misinformation <laughs> comes from the Scott Cunningham books, and Scott Cunningham had the best of intentions when he wrote those. Yeah. I'm not sure about that publishing company that continued to publish the same <laughs> trash after he died. I think their intentions were something quite different, if I'm honest with you. But still, we don't talk about the publishing company with the Crescent Moon. No, we don't. Uh, because we might be reliant on one of them to uh, publish something one day. But it's just, um, yeah, I think there is, there's that aspect of we live in that, we live in this world now where ev everything's at the fingertips, but it's all so buried beneath all this kind of repeated crap that sits on the top. Um, and because it's most repeat, you know, it's the most clicked, clickable, or it's the most pretty, is the other one. It's the most pretty version of it where they misquote the greats or whatever with this beautiful background um, and then it just gets reposted and reposted and reposted to the point that people then believe that to be true because they've seen it six million times um, and you just kind of like you know I'm sure that's not what they mean what they're trying to do is give access to the most possible things available but they're the easiest way to get hold of them is to just click mm. retweet or uh, to click you know share rather than creating the content themselves and I think that's what it comes down to is they're trying to be helpful because they're like oh that's pretty or all oh, that's got a really nice sentiment um reposting it across or whatever and I, I think it you know it doesn't limit to just that does it it, li it limits it it goes to bad mentors too when you've got groups that kind of form because, you know, they find they've got a little bit of a niche amongst themselves. And, you know, lots of these, it's what's killed lots of moots, if you think about it, is where, you know, a group of them kind of click together, they break off, um, and they think, oh, well... What's a moot? You know what a moot is. Yeah, but there might be people listening that have just I... clicked on this because okay. they thought, I thought this was some next level Disney 
Oh, possibly. What are they talking about? Possibly. They're talking about real magic by the looks of it. Yeah. But yeah, moot. Pagan moot. Pagan moot. Magical moots. moots. Meeting. Moot's an old term for a meeting. In these weird pubs in Britain, witches are meet <laughs> and talk about witchy things. And we call them moots over here. I don't know what they call them abroad. No, me neither. Le moot, if you're in France. <laughs> <laughs> das moot, if you're in Germany. I don't know. Um... So with the last five minutes we've got left on the regular podcast before we go on to the naughty version on the Patreon, join the Thoth Witchcraft Patreon, give us some money and we'll tell you some naughty things, right? <laughs> so with the last last five minutes, yeah. maybe you can talk about, because we're currently in January 2021. There are a lot of people that have been making a New Year's resolutions with the best of intentions to stop smoking or to stop drinking or to start getting fit. How would you construct a spell to give that person or make their dreams a reality, make their New Year's resolution work? And how does that spell that you're constructing work? You've got five minutes. Okay. Well, I'd probably go with the natural good one, which we've already talked about, uh, which would be a charm bag, I imagine, uh, or a gree gree. Oh, no, you're not allowed. You're not allowed to do the charm bag. Why thing not? Because 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 we talk about charm bags all the time. I know, but it's and people people will start thinking you're a one trick pony. But Chris. that's thing. So you're not allowed the abracadabra, and you're not allowed the charm bag. Okay, oh, come up with another one. Come on, think outside the box. Okay. Well, the, another way around it. It really depends on what you're growing, for me. So I would either start with a literal version of that, and you plant something that is going to grow. Um, and you put your intention in that, and you water it, and you mature it in a nice bit of sympathetic magic, of uh, as you kind of feed and water and tend for this intention, it will grow throughout the year and just get bigger okay. and bigger that's a nice way to do it with a nice bit of sympathetic magic uh, and you could do it by writing the intention directly on the label stick like the back the back of the label stick that you would put oh that's this good. this is mint and then more growth so obviously you pick something that's going to grow easy obviously you're not going to get something like oh i'm going to try and grow orchids from scratch or you know or something that or, or i grow a tree that's going to take 20 years you're going to want something it might it might be something as simple as say watercress you know something that all you actually need is a bit of moisture on uh, on a bit of cotton wool on your windowsill with uh, with a few seeds um right because i'm wondering because you talked about this titiana book. oh god well in here there's the spell that you've just basically given. Really? So you that's so in the seeds of love. Oh, okay. That's love I'm magic. Wondering, Chris. If I am Tatiana. Wondering, Chris, whether, well, whether you're Tatiana or you've <laughs> learned all of your things from, from Tatiana's book. Are you one of those book read Wiccans? <laughs> secretly? Or do you really know real crap? <laughs> you know I don't own enough books to be called a book Wiccan at all. <laughs> Well, that's because you've given them all away. <laughs> you just borrowed them from the library, didn't you? Oh, sure, free? yeah. That's, Imagine that's... that. Do they even have a witchcraft section in the library anymore? I don't... I don't know if they'd call it a witchcraft section. They've got a self-help section because they know the people that hang out there and need some serious <laughs> help. 
And I, I to be honest, I imagine Tatiana would make its way into self-help. I bet it's on that list. To be fair, it would. I mean, I picked this one up from... Was it this one I picked up? No, this was given to me, actually. This was a present from <laughs> someone, because that's the problem with clients, is they think, oh, you're a witch. You're like a book on witchcraft, won't you? I found this. The amount of astrology books and crappy books I've been given as tips for, <laughs> you know, working for someone. It's like, oh, I saw this, and I thought of, yeah, it's like, oh, you should really... You really shouldn't have. have. You shouldn't really have. shouldn't have. Yeah. I'm surprised, well, I'm surprised you took it home with you. Well, you know, I, you know, this is the one that has the chunks out because it's a hardback edition, and this is the one I throw at students. Oh, okay. You know, when I do my book throwing yeah, exercise, yeah. where I say, you've probably seen books like this, and then lob it across the room. <laughs> I did stop doing that because I nearly took someone's head off at Starbridge. Um, <laughs> there was a rather shocked lady where I flung it over behind me and it kind of hit the wall then bounced back and almost hit the poor woman but there Aww. we go i like i like to add a little bit of danger to my classes you see i mean you might be doing a little bit of love magic or healing magic but i still think there should be a little bit of danger there so i like to throw things at people and stuff yeah. and i don't mean magically i mean physically throw things <laughs> about the room and it keeps make sure everyone's paying attention to you because you don't want a boring kind of <laughs> lecture well, your, without things fly around your favourite big big book that you use for teaching would kill somebody if it fell on somebody though that bible is oh, huge non's currently sat on it oh okay god knows what that's going to be like afterwards I'll, I'll put another i'll put a i'll put a picture of my big book in the in the no holds bar facebook group as well we got a lot of books and none of them were recommended. But anyway, we're out of time for this week's edition of the podcast. So happy new year, everyone. <laughs> and of course, at this point, if you're still listening to me, then we're on the Patreon. So have we got any naughty things to discuss this week? I mean, with the best of intentions, obviously, we don't want to do no harm and all that. But... <laughs> And anything you want to get off your chest? Not necessarily. You're you're the one with regards to intention. Well, other than it being, I just I, you know how much it irritates me on these these groups. Then the th what I would love is if they didn't appear in some of these more what they try to sell themselves as more serious groups. These trad witches, um, and they've still got just as many memes about bloody intention and that rosemary is a substitute for everything and. Right, <laughs> what you know, um, a clear quartz can be substituted for everything. And since when do <laughs> this, this one really winds me off is tobacco is a substitute for any poisonous herb? Like, really, is that purely the intention? There, is that what it's designed for? Well, I don't know, it, it did give my nan cancer, so well, it's, I don't think it was specifically the plant. It's what she did no, with the plan. I think it was. I think it's what she did with the plan. <laughs> so you know, if you go into if you're going to constantly breathe this sort of shit and and ignore the consequences, that's your own choice. But actually, having it in a spell is not going to necessarily kill somebody, is it? How harsh are we being? Because I know we are a couple of nasty bitches, 
But I was thinking today, because I had to do the uh, video for the Witchcraft Life group, yeah. which was all about curse reversal spells and things like that, and I was thinking it is really difficult to do these things, and I did have the best of intentions at heart when I made the video, Yeah. and I'm wondering how good a point I actually made, because you can't... I mean, it's easy, really, what we do when we sit one person down in front of us, but if you're writing a book, or if you're doing like a blog, or even if it's a video blog or anything like that, it's really a difficult to teach bigger concepts, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, are we being too harsh, I'm saying? But we've, I've always, at least, whether or not you agree, um, I've always at least tried to do that. So every time I've mentioned there are no, you know, whenever I've said there are no intermediate books, um, I've always, you know, supplemented that by it's really hard to do that on the basis that when you get to intermediate work it is so personal that one book would just describe some one person's path you know and mm, and the yeah. the only versions of that you've probably got is when you've inherited uh, grimoires from people and that's not even a complete picture because it's that most of them are written in code anyway or at least written in their own version of shorthand, which means that unless you actually got access to the person's brain, um, you're not actually going to be able to really, truly understand what they were trying to put down on paper. And let's face it, we only I put... just download the, download the yeah, extra bits. But you just, but that's the thing, like people would think, oh, well, I've got the grimoire. So a, a beginner would think, oh, well, if I've got the grimoire, surely I can access the work. And you just kind of, well, no, not necessarily. Unless, like you say, you're going to download the work that you know to complete the picture. Um, someone mm, new, to, someone new to the craft is not going to be able to one know even necessarily what we're talking about, but two is is not going to think in that way, are they? They're going to think, oh, grimoire is their spell book. So if the grimoire is their spell book, surely everything's written down. And you're like, well, no, you'd only write the things that you think you're likely to forget. So, you know, well, that's that's a spell book. I mean, you, you've got you've got spell books, which are like notebooks. You've got um, journals, which is essentially you'd probably put more information on. But it's mainly just to remind you of what you've done, when, what worked, what didn't work. But then grimoires, that's false advertising with grimoires, because grimoires are supposed to teach the magical system, really. They're supposed to teach you a system. And yes, they're generally always incomplete. The first thing I do when I get a grimoire from someone is to open it up, go page by page with it, one the book on the left, a blank notebook on the right, and then I literally fill in all of the bits that aren't channel and fill in yeah. all of the bits that aren't there. And then I end up giving the grimoire back to the person or yeah. you know, selling it on because some of them are worth a fucking fortune, I tell you. Um, and then I just keep my notes because my notes are better yeah. because they've got the original and the stuff that there isn't in the original books. Yeah. So, you know, but obviously you need the ability to be able to do that. And more importantly, you need to actually have the idea to do that in the first place. Well, yeah. And also, like, you know, there is that part. It works with all kinds of books. You know, it doesn't necessarily need to be the magical kind. You know, look at these old herbal books. Uh, you know, carefully transcribed by monks. And then you've got all these kind of handwritten notes in 
in the in the corners and <laughs> inside the diagrams and stuff as they've kind of added you know additional bits of knowledge or they've corrected something that they've gone that's clearly badly written um you know and to me that's kind of how those kind of books develop yeah like i said bad choice of word when i said grimoire but you know there is that kind of aspect of people look at them as beginners i feel and think oh well that'll be a complete work or oh i'm going to learn so much from that when actually yeah. to a certain so, extent they might learn a hell of a lot more by getting there themselves if they're completely new to the craft okay so if we're following along with books and intentions and good intentions and bad intentions when you pick up a book whether it's a published one or a popular one or not, it doesn't really matter. Could you get a sense of feeling for the person's intention, i.e., do you pick up a book by Llewellyn, uh, the publishing company, and do you flip through it and feel, I think this person had the best intentions but are incompetent and don't know what they're talking about, slash... Do you get the impression that you'd pick up a book and say, I think this person has evil intentions and is trying to teach false information? Do you get a feeling for that if you were to pick up a book? I think I could if I pushed for it. It's not what I'm looking for at the time. So what I'm normally looking for is, has this got something new? So my intention is, can I find something in here that I haven't seen in another book? Um, and I'll flip flip through a book of any kind, uh, you know, is is this book going to be useful? Because even a badly written book has the potential to be useful if if it's got some nuggets of of, of interesting or intrigue or new um, or even just a rehashing of something I've read before. But from a new perspective, isn't necessarily going to be what they intended it to be for at mine uh, i think my radar is set at um what can i get from this as opposed to mm. oh what was the author thinking um which i suppose is just how i would when i go reading not that i very much look for witchcraft books these days um my guide for picking a witchcraft book these days is would it be useful for a student um mm. which is a completely different search function isn't it really but i don't know i think it's that it changes because i remember the times and we're, we're of that generation i think when the switch was well, where did you, why do you think that? Because I read it in such and such book, or I'm doing yeah. this because of such and such book. Now, of course, it's, well, I saw it online. Yeah. Or I, this, what, where did you find that? Oh, I found it on this YouTube channel. Or this blog. I, I can or... see the, I can see around the noughties was the time. Yeah. 2000s was the time where it went from, well, I found this in a book and I did it, to, I found this online and I did it too. I watched someone on YouTube yeah. and I did it and it all went wrong. Yeah. Even though I had the best of intentions. Because that's the thing, like <laughs> you you don't even necessarily go looking, you know, how often do people even go looking for a book now? It would be a case of 
you know, I want... Well, I don't know about that. How many times do we get asked, what book do you recommend? Yeah. What, any, any guys, guys, any book recommendations? I'm new to witchcraft. Don't yeah. recommend any books. I've been studying witchcraft for ages. Recommend any books. I'm interested yeah. in crystals. Recommend any books. Oh, I'm starting to look into traditional witchcraft. Do you know any books? But isn't that a validity thing? Because do you not find that most kind of new to the craft are looking for authentic that's the word that everybody's really looking for nowadays is that a part of them is conscious of how much is on the internet and they want the most authentic experience and i think that's kind of in some ways how the reconstructionists have kind of turned up is this kind of you know they've been studying from a historic point of view and it's suddenly sparked their interest and they try to marry the two up as, well, if I use the right tools that are most close to the archaeological record, I will somehow get to a better or authentic experience of, you know, I want something older. I want something older than what's available. Um, but the difference, what they seem to forget a lot of the time is that, well, just because you've got the tools doesn't mean where well, you're going to learn to use them. Like, who's going to teach you how to use them? Um, and that is often... I, I'm i not sure. I think, I think personally, that people have been sold a lie. I think that people think when they look at television shows and that, it all revolves around these spell books. And I think they think, oh, the witches of the past, they had their own spell books. They had this, they had these that passed down. Most cunning folk in the standard witches weren't even bloody literate. They couldn't yeah, read or They write. wouldn't have they had wouldn't spell have books. Had books, you know. It's, it's a, I think it's a lie that gets perpetuated by fantasy dramas and yeah. films and stuff like that where you've got some tatty old book that has all of the secrets yeah. and i think that because the education system that we have and it used to be that well if it's written in a book it must be true a lot of people would yeah. think well you know if it's written in a book it must be well thought out. Nowadays, I see that that's not actually necessarily the case, especially with self-publishing and yeah. attacks on fake news and journalism and that. Yeah. They kind of think, well, everything's a lie. You know, whereas I think learning specifically, I hate people when they say, do you recommend a book? Because that was okay in the 20th, 20th yeah. century. Because, yes, yeah. there were people writing books... But yes, it wasn't quite acceptable to be going out loud and talking about witchcraft necessarily. You know, there was yeah. still the Witchcraft Act, which made it illegal for a star. So there's one thing. So I can understand that, you know, 20th century meeting up at your pagan moot and that swapping books and things like that. I can understand that. We don't really have that now in the UK so much. You can talk about it. You can find a mentor. We meet up in a pub in the middle of, you know, broad daylight. Okay, it might be on an evening. Talk about all sorts of crazy stuff. We meet up in coffee shops. I've had people pick up human skulls and do necromantic um, mediumship meetings, readings in the middle of a coffee shop. Yeah. In Kingsham High Street, you know, it's yeah. not that scary a thing nowadays for a general public. So this book stuff is bollocks. Go and find a real magical practitioner 
yeah, and have a conversation. I'm not saying go and find your local magical practitioner and say, can you take me under your wing, blah, blah, blah. I'm saying just start talking yeah. to people that do magic yeah. about magic and you'll be surprised what you'll learn and pick up. Yeah. And I think I think that's I think it's there's a lot to say for it. My only problem with it is finding people. So you know how hard I've spent the last year trying to find, you know, people that are interestingly on different paths. Um and you know, I've have found some gems, but it is very much a kiss a lot of frogs situation. But largely because, uh, particularly in this area, what the um, the Pagan Federation did to Moots um, by enforcing membership um, really completely changed. What is the changed. Pagan Federation? What's the Pagan Federation and what did they do? Uh, what, the, the Moot Destroyers. What would you call? Well, what would you call them? They uh, out of the kind of um, kind of seventies onwards. You get the formation of the, ped, uh, the pagan federation. So as they kind of um, tried to give a voice, they're kind of the union of the pagan world. So it was a trying to get. The, so they did some wonderful things, like you know they're part of the reason that you manage to still get hold. Uh, you have days um, twice a year where you can go and touch the stones at Stonehenge. You know they are the people that have fought for. Uh, you know paganism to be recognized um and in order to get it recognized a uh, kind of census status kind of situation you need to find a way of recognizing that these people are part of a body so you know they will base figures on in the world of how many christians there are based on how many people are signed up to certain situations uh, or certain groups and then also they'll base it on how many people write that down as their their um, religion on on a census of some kind but you know th yeah. having an official body has a a kind of push for it so during the kind of late 80s early 90s and, and onwards the um pagan uh, pagan groups and moots were huge they were getting bigger and bigger all the time and then kind of towards the end of the 90s kind, kind of pagan federation were kind of muscled in and basically said, if you want true representation, blah, 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 you all need to sign up. Um, and by forcing lots of people that didn't want to be part of that, you know, I, I don't I identify as a pagan. So it's a tricky one for me because I'm not devotionalist. So, you know, devotionist. So for me, yes, I work with deities and yes, I may believe in them. But believing in them doesn't make you a pagan. Worshipping them makes you a pagan pagan is religion nowadays um rather than meaning country bumpkin as i would class it during the roman period but <laughs> i would as well yeah you know that yeah. word just meant oh well they're uneducated and live out in the sticks like you know that's what the word pagan meant to me um you know non-christian well, i am uneducated and live out in the sticks and i non, don't want to be called a pagan you know, non-christian out in the sticks country bumpkin that's what you know the word pagan meant as far as i'm concerned in a historical context whereas like the reclaiming of the word in kind of neo-paganism um you've got that kind of now that word means you know of of religion um worship you know for it to be a religion it needs to be worship led i don't worship any deities so pagan would be the wrong word but so that upset a lot of the witches 
that were at these pagan moots and they all dispersed. So all the witches either disappeared into covens, um, you know, small teaching covens and, and took all their members away. And you've gone from, how, you know, there was one up in Dudley from here that at one point, if you weren't there at eight o'clock on the dot, you weren't getting in. There wasn't enough room. You know, you could have up to 150 people turning up for a, a hangout beer and talk about witchcraft. Like, you've got that too. They can barely string 20 people together if they're looking. But you know, they did it all with the best of intentions. Exactly. Surely, That's the thing. The <laughs> You know, the intention was there to actually go, oh, you know, it'll be a stronger movement and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, we'll all help out each, each other. And you know what it's like. Lots of these groups, the people that are actually hardcore practitioners disappear. And the reason they disappear is because they get bored of being asked basic questions by basic new Insta witches like, you know, or even worse, uh, people that are studying um, something metaphysical at university and just want to pick oh, yeah. pick people's brains. Down south because of Bath and the University of Bath and all the art students, it's always, I'm doing an art project. Can yeah. we photograph rituals and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, there's always one or two of them a year. And those are the sorts of things that then put put the serious practitioners off. Um, and then all of a sudden you've kind of got, well, how are you supposed to make those connections in order to have those interesting conversations um, with witches? Because, you know, a lot of them, a lot of them probably would do a lot more if they had access to those people. But they don't. What they have is books from Llewellyn and lots of uh, memes on Instagram that tell you to, you know, use rosemary for everything or... Um, or go the opposite way and are so prescriptive that, oh, well, you you know, I must have this, um, you know, plant of Jericho or whatever it's called the um, in order to do something like that. You know, like it's so oddly specific that you would, OK, well, why would you go to the other side of the world to collect something? It's definitely not authentic because I don't see most witches getting on three ships. <laughs> And trying to get passage to Australia to go and find um, that bit of marble you specifically want. It just wouldn't have happened. You'd have gone and found a few. But does authenticity mean anything? I mean, surely all that matters is that it works. If you want to import yeah. some expensive crap from abroad and that you think that either that's the only thing that's going to make your magic work or I like that from an artistic perspective, therefore I'm going to utilise that. I mean, I, again, I don't like the books, but also I don't like this recreationalist, I've got to do what they used to do, because I believe more in innovation. Yeah. No, you, know? I'm, you know I'm totally with that. I just, I find that far too much emphasis is on, I must have one of everything. Like, it's like the book situation. Oh, well, just one more crystal. And then I might be able to make my decision about what spell I'm going to do. It's that collect that kind of magpie collecting everything when actually just make a decision. If intention is what it's all about, then surely you know exactly which which crystal you're going to go with. And all you need is is to know exactly what you want. Whereas you get all this, all the emphasis seems to be on. I must have this huge collection 
and you know it must be charged in the moon every every full moon and cleansed and all that kind of stuff and you're just kind of like all you're surely doing is is maintaining a collection where's the witchcraft part of that right we've got 10 minutes left <laughs> of the extended edition what's the last thing you want to tackle oh uh, so what i wanted to talk about because obviously we were talking about intention and kind of you know we, i kind of wanted to hit what we were talking about in the moot the other night about um teaching and growing um and kind of how you kind of start with all these spells um up until when you come and turn into an uh, you know one of these um super witches you know like us um as we're constantly referred to us yeah but we, we don't call ourselves super witches. no you Other just people call us that but you that's one of the reasons we use the word witch it was an accusation so how is it any different yeah. and it it still is an accusation do you, do you know what super witch really means it's another word for actual witch someone <laughs> that actually does witchcraft yeah because yeah. to be a witch is really just a kind of fashionista kind of movement in there whereas to be a super witch is a witch that actually does some magic yeah that's what that means yeah i think that's exactly what it means but yeah so what that's what we were talking about wasn't it uh was this kind of idea of you know when you're starting out and you're listening to people as a you know that do more work like ourselves i can imagine that's quite daunting for a newbie who's kind of going okay so so what do i need to learn what book do i need you know that sort of stuff um and is that function and what we were talking about is how you by the time you get to a point where you really know where your niches are and how magic works you use less and less spells so i think that's what was the main part of what we were talking about is this kind of spell craft what replaces what replaces yeah. the spells though so yeah yes yeah, so we were talking about that weren't we where you know when you start off you're still figuring out how does energy work um all those kind of parts of well, you know what do these herbs do building relationships with herbs all that kind of stuff when you get to the point where you're you know comfortable in that craft you know that you know you know the herb so you don't even necessarily need the herb to be there you just need to call upon the spirit of the herb like you know and that kind of where you start off learning you know writing all these spells in order to program your unconscious into a manifestation you're going from that end to the other end where it's kind of you know click your fingers and it's done kind of spellcraft that you were always accusing me of yeah well gods and goddesses and deities and that they don't use spells do they so exactly but then people at the younger end of that learning curve will go won't think of gods and goddesses as kind of for lack of a better phrase and i know this is a really colored one ascended masters of their field um mm. they don't think of them as that do they they think of them as something outside something otherworldly as opposed to being okay well this is an expert so of course the expert would know the shortcut way of doing it because they completely understand what they are talking about well magic by its mer magic by its literal 
definition and nature is mysterious and magical and yeah. that means that you don't understand how it works yeah so it's basically experimentation with forces that you don't really understand fully yet when it comes to the slightly more advanced and intermediate stuff you do understand it therefore it only is magic because that's what the rest of society would still call it <laughs> yeah yeah you understanding at that point why it works and how it works Therefore, it's just an operation as opposed to mystical and mysterious. And yeah, no, I, I get what you mean. Hopefully everybody else does too. But Well, I'm sure they will eventually. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 that it's that, that kind of, you know, it starts off of how much is about, you know, how much intention do I need to use and how much of this herb and how much power and how much does that do and um how does x plus y equals you know whereas when you're getting to that kind of i understand how these energies work now all i'm doing is manipulating the energy um rather than going okay well i need this power source and i need that um it's a case of just you know opening the it goes from well i'm just sat in the car i know if i press this button the car goes faster if I press this button, it you know, the brakes go on to actually go in. Oh, OK, it's not working at the moment. Why is it not working? Oh, I'll just get under the hood, take apart the engine, put it back together and then go. Of course, it works now. Fine. I don't need somebody else. Was that a, I badly explained that, but you know what I meant. I'm not sure I followed that, to be honest with you, but let, I'll, I'll re-listen to it. Just because I've got loads of stuff that's going around in my head and stuff, but I keep getting tapped on the shoulder as well, so. Oh, okay. i got an altar behind me at the moment because I've been feeding something. Oh, okay. Then let's let's just hope it made sense to everybody else. I was talking about going from being a driver to being a mechanic. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. That's a good example, actually. Okay. That is a good example. But hopefully everybody under everybody that was actually listening to me understood what I was trying to say. Um, and after a mechanic, after a mechanic, you turn into a designer, though, don't you? Yeah, exactly. And build the cars from scratch. And that's, and that's advanced. And then past a designer, what's past a designer? Because designers basically use existed technologies and things that are understood inventors do things that have never been done before really yeah i suppose so yeah. if you're a car designer everyone knows what a car is yeah you're okay utilizing new technology and stuff like that yeah to Im um, to but, improve but yes before yeah, but that inventors, you've got inventors that's, yeah crazy mad scientists yeah so is that the definition of um, foundation, intermediate and advanced then? Yeah, I guess so. Because we need, we need to find one because we keep talking about foundation. But this is the point. On that arrangement, you're not really at foundation until you're a mechanic. Does that make sense then? Yeah. So at exactly. that point, up until then, you are just a witch fumbling around in the dark. You get to you kind of foundation, you're kind of like, OK, I understand how the car works. And I can, you know, take apart and rebuild the car. 
you know, then at intermediate level, it's a case of, okay, well, I can design new cars. Um, and then only yeah. when you get to the advanced level are you kind of going, what cars were so last week, I built a hovercraft, like, you know. And then that's just advanced from a human. Exactly, exactly. You know, you're not even talking right. deity level at that point. And on that strange bombshell, <laughs> I think it's time to say goodbye to everyone. So goodbye, patrons. <laughs> See you again soon. Ta-ra for now. <laughs> <laughs>